this topic that I've often struggled with, and that is how to be confident. This topic is fairly close to me and it's deep because um, I am that person who was never confident growing up. When I got really nervous, uh, when I felt like, oh, I can't really speak to this person, I don't really know, what I ended up doing was... Uh... Hey everyone, uh, today we're trying to do something a little bit different. Um, if you enjoyed last week's episode, uh, which were um, where you know he talked about lessons he's learned uh, building his career, today um, I want to try something similar but a little bit different. Uh, all this to say, this is going to be a solo episode where it's just going to be me. Um, and uh, you know, today I want to talk about some uh, this topic that I get asked a lot about. It's pretty close to me, and it's also one of those things that. Um, I've often struggled with, and and that is how to be confident, and and I mean confidence in the scope of your career, your work, uh, your company, your startup, uh, in the work context, right? And um, this topic is fairly close to me, and it's deep because um, I'm that person who was never confident growing up. I've never been. I've I've always been this introverted person, um, never made eye contact, always shied away from presentations, talking to large groups of people, speaking up uh, in conversations, um, never thought my points of view were valuable, uh, just never did it. And uh, it was often holding me back at work. And, uh, and I would like look up content to see, I would look up YouTube videos, I would look for guidance, how to be more confident. And uh, you would often find people give you these super cliche advice, like speak up, raise your hand, uh, be louder, like, you know, speak uh, from your belly, um, Superman pose. And, uh, you know, it's all these kind of cliche advice on how to fake confidence or project confidence. And it's never worked for me. And chances are, if you're listening to this and you're nodding your head, it's probably not worked for you too. And you're trying to figure out what to do about it, right? Um, how do you go? And I mean, in a very specific context, right? How do you raise your hand, speak up in a meeting? How do you, you know, do that presentation in front of a large audience? How do you ask for a promotion? Um, how do you just you know, speak your mind without constantly thinking about, is this fine? Is it good enough? Am I uh, an imposter? Should I not be here to begin with? Uh, these just crippling thoughts that just spiral, uh, have this downward spiral effect in your head. That's what I'm talking about. And today I'm just going to talk through what's worked for me. And hopefully this might resonate with some of you. And I would love to know what you think. Um, and I just wanted to do a really small uh, video on this. And so with that, a couple things that work for me in the context of work, right? Uh, one, sounds like an absolute cliche. Um, and it sounds so easy, but just do the work, put in the effort, be the expert, right? Um, if you are so good, like, be so good that nobody can ignore you. Uh, so put in the time. And to me, tangibly, what this meant was if I had to get into a meeting and I was so nervous about 
this VP who's sitting there and I had to go and I had to participate or present or even just like sit in and discuss. I wanted to sound smart, but I was so sure that it was going to be really terrible. So when I had all these thoughts, um, I would just spend a lot of time preparing. I would read everything out there. I would do my research, not just what the company did, but what the competition did. Um, how do you present it? How do you, and I would just spend so much time putting in the work that when I got into the room, I would be the expert. Like there was nobody else in the room who knew this particular topic better than I did. And it sounds like, oh, of course, yeah, be the expert, so easy. But you can actually invest the time and learn and attack it in a very tactical way. You can be the expert in everything. You can show up in every meeting being that person. But if you truly want to speak up and raise your hand and not feel like I am an imposter who doesn't belong in this meeting, then maybe spend some time just thinking through what you're going to go say and how you're going to frame it and what, you know, the discussion might look like and just like reverse engineer the whole thing in your head. And my first job, um, I worked at Microsoft and uh, I worked with all these people who'd been at the company 20 years, 25 years, and it seemed impossible. Like, how could I possibly get into this room and know more than these people and just be better than them? And it turns out that that's not, that's not the criteria, right? Like your job is to take this very specific topic that is being discussed in this meeting and figure out how you can be the expert. Like what point of view can you uniquely provide? And oftentimes I would be that person who understood a lot about the industry. Um, I was working on a developer tools platform and I knew how all the other developer tools um, worked and competed against what we were building. And that was great because a lot of people in the room didn't have that external context and I could bridge that gap. And so it gave me enough courage and confidence to be able to raise my hand, have a point of view, speak up, get noticed. And that was like a great upward spiral for me because the more people, you know, said, oh yeah, that's a good point. That's a good idea. The more I felt like, okay, like I don't, I actually do belong here. I can actually sound smart and not stupid. And, uh, and that really helped me to just start to gain confidence and have this like upward spiral and uh, just understand that you can't pick every single topic and show up and be the expert, but you can pick up for that meeting's very tactically or for that presentation very tactically you can be the expert in the room that nobody else can take that away from you and uh, and do that presentation or do that meeting um that was you know number one just be the expert put in the time read uh do all the research and work um to me uh number two was building relationships so in a work context um when i got really nervous and when i got uh, when I felt like, oh, I can't really speak to this person. I don't really know what they would, how they would react or what they would say. Um, or, you know, if I want to ship a product and uh, I had like a point of view, but I was just too hesitant. Um, what I ended up doing was uh, having this like human level connection with the people, with the stakeholders. And what this really means is, um, when um, I knew what was going to happen, right? Like we had to make a decision about something or we had to get into performance reviews and I was a manager or something of that sort. 
I would really truly understand who are all the people in the room and who are they at like a very human level. Um, I got to connect with them. I got to uh, get coffee with some people. And this, you know, if you're somebody who's like super introverted very early on in your career, it's a lot, right? Like you're like asking somebody to like spend some time uh, just talking to you. And in your head, you have this like loop of what is it that you can possibly offer? But I would love for you to like just ignore that for a second and just meet these people at a very human level and find ways to connect with them. Either it could be hobbies, it could be, you know, where you grew up in, what kind of environment uh, you grew up in or, you know, cities you've traveled, just something that is common and just start connecting with people. And I promise you that it really eases a lot of the, um, just lack of confidence that you come into the room with. Um, this worked really well for me when I was, uh, when I started working at Netflix. And this is many years ago. I just moved to Silicon Valley. Um, I didn't know anybody, right? And uh, we lived in this like really small apartment. We kind of thought, well, someday I want to go start a company. I want to start a startup. The best time, best place to do that is Silicon Valley. So I'm going to be here. So I came in, got this job offer at Netflix, joined, and turns out that in my team, this was at that time the Netflix software team, the SDK team, which is like the streaming software that goes into your TVs and software and uh, set-up boxes and uh, Blu-ray players and all of that. And it turns out that um, when I joined this team, I didn't know anybody. There was no connections. There was not even like, oh, past coworker who ended up like being at Netflix, none of that. Net new. Everybody had like known each other in the company, in this team, and like, you know, they all have like lunch together and all of that. And I just didn't really know how to kind of raise my hand, I guess, and uh, speak up. And, uh, but I'd like built software before. I had six years of experience at Microsoft before. Building SDKs was kind of my thing. I knew the space really, really well. Maybe not like the big expert, but knew enough. Right. But I was still so hesitant to just offer points of view or figure out like how we should go build things. And and people were super nice. But what really ended up working for me was to like really start connecting with my peers on like a human level. And it so happened that we had to go travel to Japan on a work trip. And uh, we you know worked with all these hardware manufacturers. And in that trip, just being on the flights together, being in airports together, waiting around together it somehow happened that I got to spend a lot of time with my coworkers um, and got to really understand them. You know, who are these people? Oh, this guy, he had like kids at home and these were the ages and this kind of what he was trying to do in his free time. This other person was um, really into, you know, spending their time just traveling the world and they'd like uh, travel 40 plus countries. Um, and so I really got to know these people at a human level. So when it came to this presentation time or when I had to do this review, it became a lot more easier because they were not these people who were opaque to me. I knew who they were. Uh, it felt warm and I felt like I could just connect with them. And so um, the thing I would say is like really get to know the people and that in your mind, it's, it's healthy for you because you want to know who your peers are, who you're working with. But you also, it's kind of a hack for you to like develop confidence uh, because now it no longer feels like it's you versus these people. It's you working with them, collaborating with them. 
and building things together with these other people in the room who are also good at doing things and building things. And that, you know, worked really well for me. The third thing I'll say is um, ignore people, ignore the naysayers. You will always have people who are cynical, who are negative, who are always trying to tell you somebody else is doing something better than you, or you are not as good as you think. And uh, I will tell you that that is going to be such a minority number of people in your life and in your career. But, you know, just by nature of who we are, it really, uh, the, the weightage that you put for, you know, paying attention to the negativity and the negative comments from these people is so much more than all the people who have been very positive and very supportive. That's just the way human nature is. We've done this since, you know, we were cavemen because you want to react to negative news first. You want to understand if you are in danger. And so just by evolution, you're trained to go look for people who are negative. And, you know, in our life, in our modern life today, there is no need for that space, right? Like you kind of have to put a stop to ignore and to, to these negative um, people who are just cynical, um, who are just telling you things that are detrimental uh, towards you being successful. And, you know, for one example I have is um, when I was starting my own company, uh, you know, start a very, you know, kind of a night, kind of a scary experience for me. And uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. I had built this product. Um, I was uh, st starting to talk to investors and starting to fundraise, first ever time fundraising. Uh, clearly felt like an imposter. You know, there are all these like other founders who are who I'd known, um, who I'd gotten connected to, raised millions of dollars, felt like absolute successes. There were all these people who would be like, oh, you know, I didn't even pitch and people like wrote a check. And uh, I felt, I felt like, oh my God, I can never do that. Um, and I was like starting to just prepare, starting to put to my, together my deck. And I had this one investor who came in and said, you know what's going to help you be successful? Uh, and I was like, what? And he said, you just should lose your Indian accent. Uh, you have a very strong accent and you're just going to have to lose it. And I was kind of shocked because uh, the, my presentation was going to be the next day. And I was like, I'm not going to lose an accent in a day. That's just bizarre. Uh, but I just realized that, you know, the person came from a place of like wanting to help. But the advice wasn't just good enough. Like that wasn't great. Like, you know, I have an accent. So what? Lots of people have accents. Lots of people who've had accents have been able to fundraise successfully. That didn't really mean anything. So it took me a while to kind of process it, acknowledge it, and kind of like set it aside and ignore it. Um and in in years down after that, I kind of used it as a motivation to walk into fundraising meetings to be like, I have an accent. This is kind of who it, how it is going to be. That's just tough shit, but I'm going to have to go fundraise, right? And it ended up just motivating me to be able to do better, uh, be able to actually close rounds, fundraise, now help other founders, no matter what your backgrounds are, what accents you have, uh, being able to like tell them that, you can fundraise if you have a good product, decent traction, have users using it. Like that's the thing that matters. That's the the first order set of things. And stuff like accents are like, no. I mean, as long as you can clearly communicate, what does it matter, right? Um, 
I've had managers in the past, for example, who've told me, oh, you know, I don't think you're ever going to have a successful career or I don't think you're going to be good enough. And these are like spiteful. It's hurtful, right? Like you, there's no other way for you to go process it. So I kind of tend to look at critiques or criticism as like constructive and not constructive. And if it is not constructive, you have to actively kind of see it as great. They said that that is their opinion. It has no bearing on me. It's like, you know, it's like water drops uh, on this like waxy surface. It's just going to like fall off. I don't care. And that's non-constructive criticism. The constructive parts, take it in, acknowledge it, and really look at it as like, what can I do with it without making it personal? Like, this is not about them versus you. This is not a competition. This is not them trying to put you down. If there is really a core of constructive criticism to it, take it and figure out how you want to improve and have this like learning mindset to it, right? And I think the more you do this, it sounds so easy to say it, but the more you get into the habit of not constructive, constructive, not constructive, I'm just going to ignore it. Constructive, what are they saying? What is it that I need to do? What is it that is going to make me better? And just focus on that and keep improving. And I promise you, the more you ignore these like naysayers and not constructive criticism people, and if anything, use that as motivation to make yourself like, go better, be more aggressive, speak up more. You're just going to figure out how to how to be confident. And it's not just projecting confident, but from within, because no one can take away the fact that you are the expert. You are the person who knows this space or this topic or this company. You know how to fundraise. You know how to recruit. You, you know, you might have problems building things, building your company, building your, you know, the specific product or whatever, but they're all your problems. No one can take that away from you. They're all the things that you're going to go fix and figure out how to navigate. And so you kind of have to have this like this sense of inner truth or confidence on um, you are being the expert and you're going to figure out how to go tackle this. So that's it. I mean, the three things really, um, I look at it as do the work, just take the time, read that prep, read the document, be the expert. That's step one. Step two, build relationships, like step out of the context of work and career and really get to know who these people are, because at the end of the day, you're going to work with other people and you're going to have to figure out how to get better at it. And number three, ignore the naysayers. And if anything, even better, use them as motivation to get yourself ahead and get yourself psyched up. And that really worked for me. So I hope this is somewhat helpful to you too. And I would love to hear from you if you have comments, uh, feedback, let me know. And, um, and I hope this uh, helped you in some way as well. Thank you.